Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design. This episode features Sleeper Magazine's editor-at-large Guy Dietrich in conversation with Brian DeLow, president and co-founder of Proper Hotels. Hello and welcome to the Sleeper 2020 podcast. I'm Guy Dietrich, editor-at-large of Sleeper Magazine. We are picking up where we left off with our real-life events earlier this year to celebrate our 20th anniversary. Today, we're speaking with Brian DeLow, President and Co-Founder at Proper Hospitality and President and Co-Founder at Core Real Estate Partners. Hello, Brian. Great to have you with us. Hi, Guy. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm good. Thank you for your time. Now, the Core Group is a fully integrated lifestyle real estate investment, development and management firm based in Los Angeles with a focus on residential and office projects, but it is their work in hospitality that we want to really look at today. Proper Hospitality operates high-end lifestyle hospitality experiences under the brands Proper, Avalon and most recently Hotel June. Appropriately enough, the first Hotel June opened in Los Angeles' west side in June this year. Prior to founding Proper Hospitality, Brian, you were Vice President of Strategy and Business Development for Viceroy Hotel Group, overseeing aspects of the company's acquisition and business development in the Americas. Now at Proper, you add to these roles by scouting the best locations, forming brand partnerships, linking up with F&B partners, and overseeing the business strategy. For some time now, you've had the two Avalon properties in Beverly Hills and Palm Springs, and also in Palm Springs, the boutique hotel Ingleside Inn. But more recently, Proper Hotels came along with a San Francisco property, 131 rooms, which opened in 2017. Subsequently, and closer to home for you, came the Santa Monica Proper Hotel, which opened last year and went on to win no less than three awards at our Head America Awards last month. Kelly Worcester's Interiors winning the Guest Room and Lobby and Public Spaces Awards before picking up the big one, the Hotel of the Year. Congratulations to all of you for that. Thanks so much. Our judges went on to say of the Santa Monica proper that it was out of the ordinary. Every vignette makes the eyes want to linger. One powerful moment after another. High praise indeed for this hotel. Now, Brian, you're a graduate of the University of Southern California's Marshall School of Business, which leads me to the question, how did a business school graduate get into all this lifestyle, design, culinary and culturally connected stuff that makes today's hotels tick? Perhaps you can give us some background and context as to how you got to where you are today? Well, that's a really good question, Guy. I ask myself that often. I'm grateful to be where I am. You know, I, I first got into the, the hotel biz, I guess, in, in high school. It very much wasn't the, the lifestyle hotel biz, but I, I had a job at a, a local Marriott hotel in my hometown in Northern California, where I was a valet parker and a bellman kind of all the way through high school. And Marriott I left... had some lifestyle hotels. Come on. <laughs> not, not this one. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, so I left, uh, left San Ramon where I grew up and came to LA for school, uh, at USC. And as, as you say, I graduated with a business degree. Um, and instead of getting a job, uh, here in the U S I spent a year traveling my way through Latin America, primarily South America. And, um, Very nice. I, which was amazing. And, you know, just the, the adventure of it. And I, I came back to, uh, LA with dreams of doing real estate. And um, got a great job um, developing 
lofts and condo projects all over LA and, you know, kind of up and coming areas within LA, you know, at the time we were early in downtown LA and Hollywood and a few other places. But, um, that entire time that I was working in real estate, I, I was really missing Latin America and, um, wanted to find my way back to just, a less structured, more adventurous lifestyle. And so I ended up quitting and moved back to Mexico um, and thought kind of from Mexico, I'd figure out a way to do work that was relevant to what I was, you know, working on before. And it ended up being that the first couple projects that I was working on that I found uh, were hotels. And so that got me back into the hotel business. And I've kind of been in it ever since. Uh, you know, my background's not, you know, design. Um, my background's business, but I think my personal background so much, you know, about experiences and adventure and just kind of the love of the unknown. And so I think um, that's really helped me is, you know, in, in guiding proper, you know, with, you know, Kelly, obviously playing a massive role on the design side and, and the kind of creative role. Um, I just love the the experience of a hotel. And so that's been a big focus of mine. Excellent. You're a lucky man. Well, I think we all are to be in this business. But let's let's look at a little bit more to the future because I'm sure we'll we'll touch on some of the ideas uh, for for proper and hotel June uh, in the course of our conversation. But looking to the future, you've um, uh, got uh, the the hotel June just opened uh, in in Hollywood in Los Angeles West Side, uh, and you've got some future proper hotels coming with with downtown LA scheduled for sometime this winter 2020-21, I guess. And also Portland in 2022. Are, are those still on the books? Are they still progressing? Where are you with those? Yeah, they are. Um, as you mentioned before, you know, we have three propers open. San Francisco opened three years ago. Santa Monica about a year ago. Austin about six months ago. And downtown LA proper should open this fall, actually. So in a, in a few months. And then Portland proper, um, we should start construction on at some point next year. So that should open you know, likely in 2023 or so. Okay, so that's a, that's going to be a new build, the Portland property? It is. It's a new build uh, right in the heart of the Pearl neighbor, neighborhood in Portland, Oregon. Okay, and, and the, the Austin property is also a new build, correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah with some residences and, and, and what have you as well. Whereas the, the downtown LA, Santa Monica and San Francisco are all, uh, well, conversions of or refurbishments of old historic buildings, aren't they? That's right. Yeah. San Francisco and downtown LA are uh, adaptive reuse of existing buildings. Santa Monica is actually the, the majority of the hotel is is new build. There's a historic building component to it. Um, right. But Bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, what about um, Hotel June? Perhaps tell us, I, mean, I think people have probably heard of Proper, hopefully. Um, hotel June is, is new. Tell us a little bit about that property. Yeah, sure. So Hotel, we talk about proper being our, our luxury brand um, and Hotel June's really our, our lifestyle brand. So it's really all the DNA of proper, but stripped down a bit in terms of, you know, the cost to build and the cost to operate, allowing us to deliver, you know, proper like, you know, aesthetic and, and vibe to the hotel, um, but a, a lower price point that's more accessible. And so um, the first Hotel June, which is located on the west side of, of L.A., just north of, of LAX in this really kind of interesting neighborhood, you know, pocket of L.A. where Playa Vista and Playa del Rey meet Westchester. You know, so it's about five or ten minutes south of Venice Marina del Rey. 
And okay. uh, we bought an existing hotel about two and a half years ago and and just completed a, a two-year, really kind of massive $20 million plus renovation there, you know, touching every one of the spaces, um, totally transforming it. And uh, we opened a month ago. And so we're excited about that property that, you know, guests have been loving it so far you know, in the, the first few weeks that we've had people coming in. Uh, the food and beverage is amazing. Uh, and we're, we really think this Hotel June brand will have a lot of legs to, you know, work in some of the same markets that proper works, you know, in some of the mm-hmm. top tier markets in, in the U.S., but then also in some markets where it, it doesn't work to do a proper, you know, smaller, more regional markets, you know, whether yeah, it's like tertiary, secondary cities, I guess. Yeah. So like whether it's like San Antonio or Charleston, San Diego, a few other places that are on the radar for Hotel June. Now, the aim of the, the podcast is really to explore where the industry might be heading over the next two decades. So with this in mind, I wanted to really ask you, how do you think travel is going to look or change over the next 20 years? What are the sort of the, the, the bigger picture? Well, looking beyond the sort of the COVID idea of uh, all the health and safety issues that are coming to the fore, where do you, where do you think we're going to be? How's it going to look in 2040 or on the way to 2040? I love this question. Um, I especially love it right now when, you know, we have trouble looking out, you know, a week into the future <laughs> with the hotels yeah. we're operating and trying to like project out, you know, what can be open, what can't, what the rules are going to be and so on. You know, we think about the future of hospitality a lot at Proper. We're a pretty young company. And so I think we're fortunate enough to have recently created the brand and created all these hotels, all kind of with a vision for the future, you know, based upon how, you know, those of us within proper, you know, as travelers have already kind of shifted our desires and expectations as hotel customers. You know, it's not just about design and service anymore. It's it's far more all-encompassing these days. So um, we've like doubled down and then tripled down you know, in terms of serious food and beverage and, you know, the focus on experiences, programming, wellness, those sorts of things. And similarly with Hotel June, it's like, that's the focus and then stripping down other elements that uh, we think customers are willing to do away with to you know get the hotel experience that we offer at a lower price point. But arguably experience experience design and what have you is being being in the common usage, if you like, um, for, for some time now. People have been talking about you know, we're designing for experience and memories, memory creation through to the design, through the programming of the hotel. How, how do you think that's going to develop over the next Two, two decades or next five years, whatever. But just, you know, h- how do you think that's going to change? I generally see travel going in a few directions. Um, one of them being that I think, you know, technology and distribution is going to become far more standardized and far more effective than it is today, which I think will allow the kind of experiences, design, community elements to become even more personalized than today. So it's, you know, it's like there's probably going to end up being two or three massive kind of soft brands that aren't really consumer facing brands themselves, but really just technology partners or distribution partners that will allow, you know, the creative, unique, independent hoteliers to um, not worry about those things and be able to really focus on, you know, what they do best. Do you think sort of this idea of purposeful travel, um, less travel, but more thoughtful travel is going to be, uh, become more prevalent? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I kind of even before getting to the idea of purposeful travel, I think the whole culture of, of 
digital nomad travel um, is just going to become more and more mainstream. We're we're seeing that now in this COVID world. I think people being able to not you know have to stay in one place. And I think twenty years from now, you know, people will live in their quote unquote home, you know, permanent residence a lot less than they do now. Um, and I think our business will be able to really cater to that hotel guest that's that's maybe very rare right now that's on the road two or three months of the year. Um, but I think more and more is going to be common and it's not going to be one or two day business trips. It's going to be longer term stay trips. Um, and so I think that just creates a really unique opportunity for our business, you know, to offer what's really a hybrid of, you know, co-working and co-living and hospitality all in one and yeah long not- long stay apartments I mean, at, the, at the Austin hotel you've got some residences there as well haven't you so that that's exactly the sort of thing that you could tap into access to the hotel facilities but a long term you stay there for 3 4 5 weeks months who knows yeah treat it as and your I, home and i think it's not just going to be in in urban locations like in in Austin or uh, Santa Monica um i think it's really it'll be anywhere that's you know a desirable place to be from a lifestyle perspective and you know in urban and non-urban areas and um i think it's something that we think about it proper as being you know kind of the future or one of the angles you know for us as we think about growth is building these these places that allow travelers to come and stay for a, a while and, and make it feel like home and and you know live and work and play and kind of do it all, you know, while staying there. Um, but in terms of your, in, in terms of kind of purposeful travel, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the idea of, um, conscious hospitality, you know, hotels that are really designed and operated through the lens of, you know, being a lot more thoughtful and sustainable and community minded, um, is, is going to become, you know, a lot more mainstream nowadays that that's probably a, it's more of an emerging trend. And, and I think you kind of see that focus at the very high end of the market or at the, you know, very hip or kind of youth focused end of the market. And I think in the future, that's going to become, you know, as basic of a, you know, expected element, you know, of the majority of hotel guests, just like, you know, today, you know, even at more of the cookie cutter hotels, guests are looking for an active and vibrant lobby, right? Which 20 years ago, you know, probably wasn't the case and it has become mainstream. I think you'll see the kind of, um, the, the desire to stay at a place that was, you know, designed and operated purposefully is, is going to become just the norm. It's interesting that uh, Design Hotels uh, last year commissioned a report looking at uh, the future of travel, I think to 2030. Um, and uh, there, it was commissioned from the Future Laboratory, some futurologists based in, in London. Uh, and the idea they really came out there was with this idea of the promatic traveler. So a, a, a hybrid word um, being sort of positive and, and proactive traveler uh, and this nomad that you mentioned, uh, really leaving a positive uh, uh, footprint rather than just a, a, a uh, a neutral uh, effect, but actually giving back to the community, giving something um, to where they're going rather than just being takers. Uh, guests will become givers or, or become much more involved in the way the hospitality is, is, is delivered and be part of it. Yeah, totally agree. 
Which which leads me a little bit onto the the idea of um, uh, Black Lives Matters. Uh, and in your acceptance speech, uh, Brian, for the uh, Ahead Award for Hotel of the Year, you you really sort of gave a call out for the industry to to fight for change when it comes to racial inequality. Uh, and which makes me think of this idea that you know it's not enough to be non-racist; you need to be actually anti-racist. Is is there something? If you have, what are your views on that? And and what are you guys doing with regard to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, such an important topic always, and and especially today. Um, and I think you you said it right. The, the idea of, of of you know, first of all, all lives matter is just you know so ridiculous. Um, and and the idea of being non racist is, I almost think of one in the same. It's like we absolutely is as a society need to be anti racist. We need to speak up. You know, when we see things that. Um, we know aren't right. Um, and so, um, and you know, and at, at proper, and, and I think all of us in the hotel business, we, we have an opportunity to really create change. Um, and I think just by continuing to speak about it and keep it top of mind and not let it, you know, just be a couple month thing, you know, that, that then as we move on to our busy lives, we forget about it. We, we need to keep moving it kind of to the top of, the issues that we care about. Um, and so that's what we're doing at proper, you know, in terms of, uh, monitoring and looking at all of our company policies, we, we went back through our handbooks and, um, made sure that they were updated and reflected, you know, with, with this kind of refreshed lens of, uh, you know, the, the world today. Um, and we're encouraging our, our, our teams, our management teams to, you know, speak with everyone that they work with and gather ideas and, um, really just listen. Um, you know, in terms of hotel June, when we, when we launched the hotel June brand, um, we launched it with, you know, our opening offer was an offer where I believe it was a 20% off for guests at the hotel and an additional 20% of the room rate was, was donated to, um, the local LA black lives matter, um, chapter. And so, I mean, I think it's a great way to not just through our actions, but through our, our funds, um, being able to contribute and to give back. I think it's great. And I think hotels have a great opportunity to, to impact thousands of visitors lives, even if it's only for a, a night or two, just to show them that there's a different way of living and we can all live in a, in a different way. And that's, uh, that's really commendable. Yeah. Um, let's, let's uh, move on perhaps and have a look at um, more towards the design side of things perhaps, but really what makes a proper hotel? You have a lovely um, little motto. It's all about a life well lived. I, I think if I, if I start, I'll say, I think a proper hotel is, is, is not necessarily uh, old hotels, the three we mentioned, but also uh, can be new build. I think proper hotels are, are made or designed by Kelly Wurstler. You seem to always have a rooftop pool, which could be quite a constraint when you, you move forward trying to find the right properties. What else do I see? A lot of art, a uh, lot of tiling, ceramics. Um, probably those are all sort of Kelly's uh, Kelly's bits. Um, what what for you makes a, a proper hotel? I mean, I think you nailed it in terms of some of the components. the The idea behind proper was really filling this void in the hotel space be, between you know your more typical lifestyle hotel that offers you know some of the great design, kind of funky, independent feel. Um, but lacks maybe in service and, um, you know, quality of amenities. And then you have a more traditional luxury hotel that, you know, has the great service and, you know, has all the amenities, but 
lacks in terms of you know all the cultural elements and so the idea of proper was combining those two together and so we do that do it in places where there is that you know luxury traveler but a traveler that's you know perhaps more creative leaning and so um i think you touched upon a lot a lot of the what makes proper you know special um kelly's again huge driver creatively um i think uh in terms of programming and experiences, it, you're right in that it's it's not a new idea, but I think the amount that we as a company focus on that and delivering the the kind of experience element, but for a luxury customer um, in a way that's still culturally connected, it's very much you know, an art more than a science. And so I think our, our internal teams and our partners that we, we link up with are just phenomenal at it. Um, and then I guess one of the other elements that, um, we haven't touched upon is, is food and beverage. Um, you know, there, there are a number of different ways to bring in food and beverage into a hotel. You know, you can partner with a, you know, big world famous, you know, brand and do a franchise deal with them, or you could run it yourself and, you know, just hire you know, a team or you could lease out space, um, and, you know, no food and beverage is a tough business and no way is perfect, but we've really kind of doubled down on um, building an amazing food and beverage team internally um, and operating the food and beverage, but operating it in partnership with, you know, local heroes in the food and beverage space. And so we have, you know, these great, amazing, super talented local food and beverage partners who, you know, they're not living, you know, in a different city or across the, the globe. They're living, you know, within the the city that our hotels are in. And, you know, they're as active and caring about, you know, creating something special and inspiring as we are. And so I think those that's a great way to deliver on the, the food and beverage side in a way. A lot of the, you know, larger uh, urban um, hotels that we compete with just aren't, aren't able to. Brian, I also think of the other thing that makes a proper hotel is, is, the, is the design style that Kelly has and, and this kind of almost maximalist, minimalist type feeling. There's a sort of a saturation of, of, of mixed patterns and mixed textures. But then I think of particularly of Santa Monica, a subdued color palette. So these sort of two things going on at once. So there's this cool calmness, but also lots happening at San Francisco. Um, lots of artwork, for example. Um, is, would you would you agree with that? Is that a sort of minimalist, maximalist, maximal type idea coming through, or is that just my idea? Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. Um, you know, just as we on, on the hotel side, we really immerse ourselves in the community to make sure that we're creating a hotel that you know locals are going to care about as much as you know travelers. Kelly, you know, I've got to hand it to her, her busy life. And, but she really digs in locally. Um, and, you know, we link up with these great designers and food and beverage partners and, you know, others for programming. And that is part of the secret sauce of proper is all our kind of partners and collaborators. Kelly really links up, you know, far deeper than we ever, you know, could, uh, you know, specifically on the design side. And so she partners with, you know, local artists, she, she's really kind of 
immersing herself in the culture, for example, in Austin, you know, touring homes in the area and walking neighborhoods and, you know, looking under bridges and like really sure. making sure she has a feel for a space. But then no, you see, I think- so it seems to be sort of appointing local artists to do these sort of murals and, and sculptural pieces, uh, as well as just art pieces, pieces, art, artworks, um, going to, to flea markets and picking up uh, vintage finds and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but I think where Kelly is just so genius and, uh, is she, she makes sure she has a real good feel for the local neighborhood and, you know, sees some of the design work that's happening there. Um, but then creates something that somehow feels so much like, you know, part of the local culture, but, you know, so different at the same time, like, you know, more elevated, but just like more unique and interesting. She just has you know, through her lens is able to create something that has such a sense of place, but also feels like nothing you've seen before. And, you know, each one of the proper hotels, I don't know if there's like a particular design direction or aesthetic that you can reference. Um, but they, you know, cause San Francisco proper, you know, for example, is so different than Austin and which is so different than, than Santa Monica and downtown LA when you, when you see it, when it opens is just spectacular that, there's the the layering that Kelly is so brilliant at um, that maybe is the common thread, um, and then it's just like I think her her you know obsessive passion for creating a wonderful hotel um, you know that's just uh, just amazing. What about F and B? You're um, you're very keen on this, and it's a strong element of the proper hotels. Um, you work with a variety of par- uh, partners. Uh, what's the the general feeling there on density levels and their their impact on profitability? I mean, I know this is a COVID issue, but uh, it's probably quite uh, opportune to talk about that right now. Yeah, I mean, at our hotels, it, most of them were very lucky um, to have a, a lot of outdoor space. You know, whether yep. it's the the rooftops that you mentioned, in all the proper hotels, or we have an entirely outdoor restaurant, um, kind of poolside restaurant two-level restaurant at, at Hotel June, Caravan Swim yes, Club. That, that looks great, actually. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you're lucky to be in those sort of environments. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're in a terribly hot environment or a terribly cold environment in the winters, that's going to be quite challenging. Yeah, you move to Chicago, uh, coming to Chicago winter is going to be tricky with an outdoor dining space. It's true. But I do think this, all, all of these kind of COVID measures, they're they're challenging. It's all we're focusing on and they're difficult to deal with right now. But, it, you know, looking out... 20 years or certainly looking out of even just a year or two from now, I, I don't think there's going to be any major changes in terms of density of indoor spaces or, um, you know, completely redesigning or rethinking food and beverage. Um, so do, I, do you not I, think we, do you think we're going to head towards sort of more elaborate dining, a sort of a celebration of the food and the provenance and the chef and the chef's table and more of that side of, side of things? Or is it going to be a sort of a back to basics, maybe even preparing your food yourself or having the kitchen really on show so you can you can see what's been done and, and what have you? Or, well, those are two alternatives. Or are we just going to have a tablet and run? We don't even need F&B. Um, I honestly, I think it's, it's none of the above. I, I, I think, uh, I hope it's not tablet and run. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think years from now, people are going to want to prepare their own food at, when they're staying at a hotel. They're, they're not going to want to, you know, have no food service at a hotel. I think people come to stay at hotels for the experience and food and beverage is a big part of that experience. I, yep. I think the hope, the hyper local focus, 
will continue to be relevant. Um, I think you'll see more and more of what we're doing at some of our proper hotel restaurants, like at Calabra and Santa Monica or Peacock in Austin, where we kind of combine these global flavors with really locally, sustainably sourced ingredients. Um, and so I think that will continue to be the the direction things go. Uh, another thing you see food and beverage wise at, at our hotels is a real focus on health and wellness cuisine. And I think that will be total status quo, basic expectation everywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, probably a little bit less fine dining, um, but then kind of the continued focus on high quality, you know, high quality experience and ingredients and all those things. Yeah, for the health and wellness as well. Um, what about guest rooms? Uh, probably the most uh, important part of a, of a hotel stay. What are they going to look like in 20 years time? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be a lot smarter. Um, and that's across all price points. I think you'll see all kinds of customization done, probably with the help of you know, some kind of CRM software, you know, where we really know what each of our guests are looking for, even before they walk in the door. And so, um, you know, whether that's uh, customizing the beds, the lighting, the scents, all those things, um, I think will be standard at, at higher end hotels, at least, I think, from a wellness perspective, um, I think 20 years from now, we're all going to realize how important a good night's sleep is. And um, so I think through technology and, you know, personalization, we'll, we'll really make sure that guests get that good night's sleep that they probably, you know, will see improvements to in their home over the next 20 years. We'll be able to translate that seamlessly into the hotel room. Do you, do you think that um, it will have a, more, a less is more approach to hospitality in, in the guest room? Was it still going to be sort of this luxury of excess and you know lots of uh, uh, pillows and, and, and fantastic uh, um, natural materials? Which, which way which way is it going to go? Um, I think in terms of room sizes, you know, maybe in all except the ultra luxury space, I think room sizes will continue getting smaller, um, but they'll be better designed and more functional and. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see just a, a bare hotel room in the future. I think you'll see a small, well-designed space, particularly maybe with the ability to, you know, press a button and, you know, convert from a, a, a bedroom to a living room. And, but, but I, you know, I think. Yeah. Furniture that everyone, away, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Everyone likes the pillow choices and, um, you know, great linens and all the rest. And so I, I don't see that going away. We've covered an awful lot there. Um, I'm I'm very pleased uh, to say. Um, are there issues that other things that you'd like to discuss about uh, where you think proper are going, or things that we haven't covered that you you wanted to mention? You know, talking about wellness a bit more. Um, mm -hmm. I as a consumer, you know, but I really hope that we see spas, you know, as we currently know them, changing significantly twenty years okay. from now. Great. What, um, what changes do you see? Well, you know, if you walk into a, a luxury hotel today, kind of anywhere in the world, I'd say 90% of the time um, you are being offered uh, a spa experience that's pretty um, traditional. You know, it's, you know, it's a one hour Swedish or deep tissue massage and maybe a handful of others. Um, yeah. And I think wellness is a lot more than that. And so... You know, at Santa Monica proper, uh, we have a partnership with Surya Spa. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Um, they're a 
a local in LA uh, kind of modern Ayurvedic spa, um, okay. really focused on, uh, you know, it, nourishing and rejuvenating and restoring, you know, through Ayurveda. Um, the experiences we offer, it, the, the hotel or the spa actually opens uh, as soon as we're allowed, uh, you know, post COVID. But I imagine in the next month or two, it, it opens for the first time. And right. so the, our treatments there, you know, the average treatment length is going to probably be four hours or more. I mean, it's, it's really holistic and it's much more kind of restorative with longer lasting effects. And Brian, that, that's uh, uh, really uh, uh, great uh, coverage there of, of, of a wide range of topics. Um, thank you very much indeed for your time. One last thing to, to ask you is if we can or when we can uh, start to travel again, when's the first place you, you plan to go uh, and, and why would you be going there? It might be obvious, it might not be. Um, when we can, not if, please. Like, yes, I don't it, think we it, is, it is a when, sorry, that was a <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think my first domestic trip is probably going to be the same as my last domestic trip to Austin to visit our hotel there. It's, you know, crazy to open a hotel and not, you know, see it and be there for this many months. And so yeah. I'm excited to get back there and I love Austin. Um, the hotel is amazing. I think internationally, Probably depends on the season that that we're allowed to reopen, but I, I am dying to get back to Europe. Um, I could I could spend the entire next summer there, you know, between Spain and Portugal, which I love, and hopefully it's uh, it's work and play. You know, I would love to line up a few new hotel deals for proper and hotel June. You know, while there next summer, maybe we can see the Mallorca proper uh, coming our way soon. Parma proper. There you go. Um, Brian, thank you very much indeed for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on, on, on the podcast series. Thank you. Likewise, Guy. Looking forward to seeing you in person. Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists, and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design. This episode features Sleeper Magazine's editor-at-large, Guy Dietrich, in conversation with Brian Delow, president and co-founder of Proper Hotels.